Well, we're in a series called All In. And I want to talk to you. Last week I had two words as a title. Today I have two words. And my title today is Sell Out. Sell Out. When I was around junior high age, I was playing baseball, and it was the start of the season, and man, I was bought in. I was all in. I was excited for baseball season, man. I said, I'm committed. We're going to win a lot of games, and I was pumped up about playing baseball. And, and then as we were practicing and got further along into practicing, I found out they weren't going to let me play the position I wanted to play. Brother wasn't so bought in then. You know, I'm ready to bail out. I, I was ready, to, I was ready to, to back out of that commitment to play baseball. And I think all of us can relate. And all of us have been bought in to something. We bought in, but we didn't sell out. And we ended up backing out or, or bailing out. Perhaps it was a, a job that you took and you started the job and you were excited. And you said, I'm going to sell out. I'm going to be all in. I'm going to do my very best, but things didn't go the way you wanted them to go. And shortly after taking that new job, you started to back out. You started to bail out. You were not all in anymore. Perhaps it's like your pastor. How many of you are like me? You're going to diet every other week. Anybody know what I'm talking about, huh? Yes, yes, yes. I'm always on a diet. I'm on a diet. And so you go on a diet, but, you know, you start off on the diet. You're all excited. I'm going to lose some pounds. I'm going to eat clean. I'm going to eat healthy until Brahms has a half-off sale on ice cream. Come on, somebody, huh? For me right now, it is eggnog milkshake season at Brahms. Come on. I already had two, and I'm going back again real soon. Always, you know, you're in and now, now things change. Now you're backing out and now you're bailing out. Perhaps it's with your favorite football team and you're all in and you're ready and you're bought in and the season is beginning and, and you're bought into the team. You're like, yeah, this is our year. And then your team loses the game. Come on, you ready to bail out. You ready to, you're ready to back out. Sometimes it's with relationships, like in a marriage relationship, people have made vows and covenants before God. They say things like, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor. They say things like, until death do us part. And then things don't go quite the way they want them to. And now people are ready to back out. They're ready to bail out instead of ready to sell out. At some point, we all have bought in, but we didn't want to sell out. And when it comes to our relationship with Jesus, God doesn't want us just to buy in. God wants us to sell out. God wants us to be all in. He wants everything. He wants us all in. If I was to do a poll around all of our locations and said, what does it mean to be all in for Jesus? 
I'm sure there'd be numerous answers. Some would say, well, being all in for Jesus would, if you come to church regularly. Some, some would say, well, if you're a nice person and treat people nice, you can be all in for Jesus. If you worship Jesus and maybe shed a tear or lift a hand during worship, you can be all in for Jesus. If you help people and, and, and you help hurting people, you can be all in for Jesus. Some would say, if you go on a missions trip, you can be all in for Jesus. And yet, there would be so many different definitions on what what it means to go all in for God, and yet we don't have to have a lot of different definitions because Jesus tells us specifically and clearly in the Word of God on what it means to go all in for Jesus. Today, if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it up or a, a, a phone, a smartphone with a, a Bible app. I would encourage you to get to Matthew 19. Verse 16, and what I'm going to do as I do frequently is I'm just going to walk you verse by verse through this portion of Scripture because Jesus teaches us in this story on what he means when he wants us and says to us, go all in, just verse by verse. Let's, let's dive into it today and let God speak to our hearts. Matthew 19, beginning in verse 16. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do, must I do to get eternal life? This man who is called in the Bible the rich young ruler, he wants to go to heaven. He's heard about Jesus. He's heard about the kingdom of heaven, and he wants in. He's, Jesus, how do I get in? How do I go all in? So he asked Jesus, what good thing must I do? The problem is he's asking the wrong question because none of us can do enough good things to receive eternal life. There's only one way to receive eternal life, and that's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus did all the work for us on the cross of Calvary. There is nothing that we can do to earn eternal life. Jesus did it all. And the rich young ruler, he's focusing on what he can do instead of focusing on what Jesus was doing. He said, what good thing can I do? And friends, the first thing you need to understand is to go all in for God. We must trust in what Jesus did and not what we can do. We must trust in what Jesus did, not what we can do. See, being all in is about receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord, as our Savior. It's about trusting him, and then it's about living our lives for him. What, what, what good thing must I do? And, and Jesus responds back to him in the next verse, verse 17. Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. And he's implying, and it's not you, Bubba. There's only one who is good. And Jesus says, if you want to enter life, notice those words, you want to enter life. And Jesus wants us all to enter life life, and not just eternal life. Yes, eternal life, but he also wants us to enter life and life more abundantly. He wants us to enter real life. Understand that Jesus did not come to earth and die on the cross to make bad people good. He came and died on the cross and rose again to make dead people alive. That's why he came. 
is I want to, to give you life, sir. Right now you're going through life and you're the walking dead. You think you have it going on. You think you, you think you got it all together. And he says, no, no, Bubba, listen, listen, you're the rich young ruler, but I want to give you real life. I want you to enter life. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 17, if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Keeping the commandments is all about believing in God. It's all about believing in God and then living our lives for God. It's about surrendering all of us to all of him. You see, to be all in for God, we have to give our life to Jesus Christ. And then we have to follow his commandments. And the rich young ruler went on to ask Jesus. Notice in verse 18, the next verse, he says, well, which ones? In other words, which commandments do I have to do to enter life and have real life, eternal life, abundant life? And Jesus replied, the scripture says, well, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. And really, Jesus is just starting to name some of the laws. And basically, he's setting this man up. And, and, the, and the fellow says back in verse 20, notice, all these I have kept, the young man said. Doesn't he sound self-righteous? I mean, I've kept them all, Jesus. I've kept all of the laws. And then the young man asked this. He said, what do I still lack? Jesus, what do I still lack? He's asking Jesus this question, what do I still lack? Because I have it all together. I mean, Jesus, I mean, look at me. Don't, don't I get life? What else do I lack? Don't you understand? I'm the rich, young ruler. I've got the big three. I'm rich. I've got plenty of money. I'm wealthy. I've got money in the bank. I've got more than enough. Not only am I rich, but he said, listen, I'm young. I'm the young. I'm young. I've, I've got my youthfulness. I've still got all my strength. I've, I've got a long life ahead of me. I'm rich and I'm young. I mean, what else do I lack? Not only am I young, but I'm a ruler. I'm powerful. I'm influential. I have authority. What, what else do I lack? I'm the rich, young ruler. And Jesus, on top of all of that, I'm striving to keep the law. I'm keeping the law. But the problem is he was following the rules, but he wasn't following Jesus. Please understand this. You can follow the rules and not be following Jesus. You can go to church and not be following Jesus. You can be a nice person and not be following Jesus. You cannot do bad things. You cannot steal or, or, or lie or cheat or murder and still not be following Jesus. That was that man. He said, listen, Jesus, I'm not lying. I'm not a thief. I'm not committing adultery. I'm not murdering anybody. And yet you can be following the rules and still not be following Jesus. You see, religion is all about following rules. But relationship is all about following Jesus. Now, when we follow Jesus will obey and follow the rules. But following the rules doesn't necessarily mean we're following Jesus. And Jesus is saying to this rich young ruler, I want you to go all in. 
I want you to go all in and follow me. You're following rules, but I want you to follow me. I would say to some of you today, what God desires for you is for you to go all in and to follow Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. Fall in love with his word, the holy scriptures. Fall in love with pursuing him. Fall in love with worshiping him. Fall in love with, if you fall in love with Jesus, he's going to so transform your heart that you're going to follow the rules. But listen, following rules doesn't mean that you're following Jesus. Know Jesus. Get to know. You want to be all in? Get to know Jesus. And he goes on to say in verse 21, when Jesus says, what else, what, what, what do I still like? The, the, the rich young ruler says, what do, what do I still like? Jesus answered in verse 21. If you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions, go sell everything, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. I taught from those two words last week. Those two words. You see, friends, what we do with those two words, come follow me, follow me, follow me, will determine the course of the rest of our life. What you do with those two words. That man is now at a pivotal moment in his life. He's heard the two words that we all hear from Jesus. Follow me. Stop asking me to follow you. And I want you to start following me. And I love what Mark says. Mark in chapter 10 and verse number 21, here's what Mark says about this, because Matthew talks about Jesus tells the rich and ruler, sell everything and follow me. And the gospel of Mark, he points out just another angle of what Jesus says to him that day. And Mark says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. He loved him and said, sell everything and follow me. He loved him. In other words, Jesus wasn't angry with this man. Jesus didn't look at him and go, sell everything you got, you scoundrel. No. So he loved him. He looked at this man who looked like he had everything. And Jesus loved him. He said, fella, I can't let you keep living life like this. I want to give you the opportunity to have a God-centered life and not a self-centered life. I want to give you the opportunity because you don't even realize it, sir. You're, you're deceiving yourself. You're the walking dead. And I want to give you the opportunity of a lifetime to enter life, to experience real life, to experience abundant life. And so Jesus says, you want real life? You want abundant life? You want to go all in? He says, I love you. So sell everything you have and follow me, everything. Some of us would say, man, Jesus, everything? Couldn't you begin just with a tithe? I mean, everything? And he said, Pastor, did Jesus literally mean that? I'm not sure, you know. I do know that Jesus wants our heart. And he knew that this was controlling this man's heart. And perhaps like Abraham and Isaac, that, that once he was willing to sell everything, Jesus would have said, you know, I don't, I'm not looking for everything. I'm not, you don't have to do everything. I don't know how it was. Just like Isaac was getting ready to sacrifice, Abraham was getting ready to sacrifice Isaac. And then God sent a ram. He wanted to know that Abraham fully trusted God, that he was all in. And he's testing this man. Are you all in? Are you all in? You see, friends, everything minus Jesus equals nothing. But nothing plus Jesus equals everything. 
And we have a tendency to think if we have everything, he's the rich young ruler. If we have everything, I've got everything I need. Jesus, no, 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 everything minus Jesus equals, equals nothing. And nothing plus Jesus equals everything. In the next verse, it goes on to say Matthew 19, verse 22. When the young man heard this, when he heard Jesus say, sell everything and follow me. It says he went away sad because he had great wealth. This man was one decision away from a totally different life. He heard all, he heard the two words we all hear, follow me. He was one decision away from entering life, real life, abundant life. The opportunity was right before him to follow Jesus. This is his moment. We all have this moment. This is his moment. Follow me. Sell everything. Follow me. And the Bible says something so shocking. He's having a literal face-to-face encounter with Jesus. And the Bible says that he walked away from Jesus. He walked away from Jesus, 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 Jesus. I want you to follow me and what I want to do and how I want to live. And I don't really want to follow you. And this man, one decision away from a completely different life, and he walked away. Jesus. I think that we can all relate to this man from time to time in our lives. I think some of you perhaps can relate to this man today. Because you hear those two words, follow me, follow me, and you're at a pivotal moment in your life. What you do with those two words will determine the trajectory, the direction, the course of the rest of your life. And you find yourself like this rich young ruler walking away from Jesus. Jesus is speaking to you about your lifestyle. He said, I want you to quit living like that. Jesus says, listen, I want you to repent. I don't want you to keep talking like that. I don't want you to keep acting like that. I don't want you to keep having that kind of attitude. You, you know you're dating the wrong person. You know you should not be doing that. You, you know you should be trying to take that. And, and you say, Jesus, Jesus, I hear you, I hear you, but I want you to follow me. I, I, I don't want to follow And literally, you start walking away from life, abundant life. And Jesus says, Jesus, follow me. And when it comes to our time, and we have all have 24 hours in a day, and it comes to our time, and and Jesus says, listen, I want you to give some of your time to me. I I want you to be all in with your your time, and and I want you to, to, to build Christian friendships. I want you to invest in other believers. I want you to disciple people. I didn't just save you just for you. I saved you and left you on earth to make a difference, and I want you to invest in other people's lives, teach other people the Word of God. First of all, you grow in the Word, and then I want you to begin to 
invest in other people. And in people's church, it's iron sharpening, iron relationships that the Bible talks about. We just simply call them community groups. All different churches call them different things, whether it's Sunday school, small groups, whatever you want to call it. But the Bible says, listen, do life together. Grow in relationship together. You need to be around like-minded Christians. And so we call it community groups. And, and God says, when it comes to time, I want you to invest your time in godly relationships. And you know what we have the tendency to do? You know, I hear you, Jesus, but I'm busy, Jesus. And, and we're talking to Jesus, but we're walking. We, yeah, Jesus, and yet we're walking away from Jesus. When it comes to our talents, God says, listen, I've given you all talents. I want you to understand every talent you have, I've given you. The breath in your body, I've given you. The reason you have the activity of your limbs and you can move your limbs is because I've given you that ability, the mind, the brain. I've given it all to you. And God says, I don't want you to leverage all of the talents and the abilities and the strength that I've given you just for you. I want you to use it to make a difference for my kingdom. I want you to use it to help people. I want you to use your gifts and your talents to make my name famous, to minister to people. At People's Church, we simply call that serving. That's what the Bible calls it, just serving. Serving people. Serving in the church. Serving in our city. Living beyond ourselves. Realizing Jesus saved us to serve, to make a difference. And yet we can all say, Jesus, I'm just busy. And Jesus is saying this, listen, follow me. Don't, don't go through life as the walking dead in a real life. And yet, we can find ourselves walking away from Jesus. Our time, our talent, when it comes to our treasure. And this is one of the most difficult areas for people to surrender to God. Matter of fact, the rich young ruler, this was his hang-up. He says, Jesus, I'm following all the other laws. But the thing that had his heart was his possessions. And Jesus says, sell it all. I want you to be all in. When it comes to the area of finances and resources, here's where a lot of Christians, they don't go all in for God. And God says, you know what I want you to do? First, I just want you to return the tithe. The first 10% of your income, I want you to return it to the local church where you worship. I want, I want to have your heart. I want to have your heart. That, then above the tithe, we pray, we hear from God to, to give offerings. And all God says, listen, I want you to have life. Don't walk away from me. And when the man began to walk away from Jesus, here's what Jesus said to his disciples in verse 23. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus said it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. It's hard for the rich to, to go all in for Jesus. And I know some of you are thinking right now, Pastor, I'm good. I'm not rich. I am good. I'm ready to go all in for Jesus. I'm good. And yet I think we really don't understand what the Scripture is teaching here. Because in comparison to the rest of the world, the majority of us are very rich. You see, the average person around the world makes $10,566 a year. The average person in America makes $28,100 a year. I'm simply saying, when Jesus said it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of God, he's talking to most of us. 
And he said, it's hard. It's hard for the rich because you know what happens? You know what happens is we want to hold on. We don't want to give up to Jesus. We don't want to go all in for Jesus. And I, 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 I've been able to travel. And, and one, one, one service when I was in Africa cast out a demon. And, man, I've seen, I've seen very few people who are possessed by demons. I have seen it, but I've seen very few people possessed by demons. But I've seen a lot of people possessed by their possessions. That was this rich young ruler. He was possessed by his possessions. There's nothing wrong with having possessions, but the problem is when our possessions have us. And Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Notice, you cannot serve both God and money. That's such, such an interesting scripture. So such an intriguing, eye-opening, mind-blowing scripture because Jesus didn't say you cannot serve both God and the devil. I mean, wouldn't you think he would have said that? He didn't say you can't serve both God and Satan. He didn't say that. I'm like, come on, Jesus, get it right. It's God and the devil. Jesus says, no, no. For most people, the number one competitor, competition for me with their heart is not the devil, it's money. Very few people go walk, walk around and go, oh, I worship you, Satan. Very few. But a lot of people are possessed by their possessions. And Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and money. And many people try to. I believe, as I have studied the word of God, I believe one of the major reasons God says, I want you to return the tithe to me first. The first 10% belongs to me. And I believe the number one reason God asked for that is because he'll know it breaks greed off of our heart. He knows, you know what it shows? God, you're first. I'm not controlled by my possessions because it's easy to pay all your bills and to see what's left over and say, well, God, I'll give you a little bit. No, 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 no. God says, no. What I want is I want to be first. You can't serve God and money. I want to be first in your life. I want you to go all in. The, the, the next verse says this, or just a couple of verses later, in verse 27. This is interesting. Peter answered in verse 27. He sees the rich young ruler walk away, and he says, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Peter said, Jesus, we went all in to follow you. And it looks like that rich young ruler is winning and we're losing. This guy is leaving you. He look at you, he's walking away from you. And he's still rich and he's still young and he's still powerful. He's still a ruler. How's this working out, Jesus? What do we get for following you? And I want you to understand when Peter asked this question, he was not asking this question to determine and to decide if he was going to go all in for Jesus. I want to remind you that he had already went all in for Jesus. You see... Earlier in the book of Matthew, back in chapter 4 or so, the disciples went all in. One sold, I mean, got rid of their fishing business. A couple of them got rid of their fishing business. One was a doctor, walked away from his doctor business. Another, another was a couple of them were tax collectors. They owned their own tax collecting business. They walked, they left everything. They were already all in. They were already following Jesus. Peter didn't ask, ask Jesus this question to determine if he was going to leave everything and go all in. He was already all in. You see, our motivation matters. We don't follow God to see what we can get. We follow God. We follow Jesus because he's worthy because of who he is. He's God. 
He's Jehovah. He's the creator. He's the one that washes away our sins. He's the one that rescued us from our mess and from our sin. We follow God because of who he is. And Peter's already all in. He's already said, Jesus, I'm following you just because you're worthy. But I'm just wondering. Now that we're all in, I see that man, and he's literally walking away from you. Jesus, what's in it for us? We've left everything to follow you. And I love Jesus because he answers Peter's question. And in verse 28, Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me, you've left everything and you've followed me, will also sit on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of, tribes of Israel. Verse 29, he says, and everyone, everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Jesus says to those disciples who have left everything, he says, fellas, I want you to know something. Everyone who leaves everything for me, I'm going to bless them in this life and in the life to come. Here's what I believe. After serving God for 20 plus years and preaching the gospel for right at 20 years, I don't think anyone has ever truly sacrificed anything for God. Because if we get back more than we give up, have we truly sacrificed anything at all? I mean, come on, think about it. When you go all in for Jesus, you follow Jesus, you give him your life, come on, you get back grace. You get back mercy. You get back forgiveness. You get back joy. You get back peace. You get back abundant life. Come on, you get heaven. And then Jesus just adds in, fellas, if that's not enough, when people leave everything for me, I want you to know that I'll provide for their every need. He says, I'll give you back in this life 100 times as much, food and clothing and shelter and resources. All Jesus is simply saying this is, fellas, you can't outgive me. You think you're giving up so much to fall. You can't outgive me. When you leave everything for Jesus, he always blesses you back more than you'll ever walk away from. And I believe Jesus is saying these two words to all of us. Follow me. You're one decision away from a totally different life. And it hinges on those two words. If you missed last week, I want to give you an opportunity to go all in for God. And in the back of a seat pocket, there are Dream Builders commitment cards in the back of all seats to make commitments to time, talent, and treasure. We're going to make commitments next week and the following week to the Lord Jesus Christ to say, Jesus, I'm going all in. I'm not going to continue to live life for myself, a self-centered life. I'm going to live a God-centered life. And here's what I'm asking you to do. On this card, you'll find an area to commit to, 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 to time. 15 community groups this next year, just 15. Would you commit to go at least to 15? That's the minimum requirement, just to be a dream builder. Some call it membership, just to be a dream builder at People's Church. Then there's the area of talent. And would you commit to 26 Sundays or Wednesdays to serve? 26. 26 hours for serving in the local church. Listen, we all get 365 days a year. 
And we're asking you, would you give one, a little over one day, just one day out of the 360, would you give just one day to serving God over the next year through the local church? 26 Sundays or Wednesdays, a minimum of just saying, God, I'll give you my talent. I'm going to serve. The last area, and this is the most difficult area for many people, just like the rich young ruler, and it's the area of treasure. And say, God, the first 10% of all of my income, I return back to you at the local church where I worship. I trust you. I go all in. And then many of you are like me and my wife. We're praying about God over the next year. What are we going to give above our tithe? Our new Indiana campus will cost us between four to $500,000 to go and start that location and to see more changed lives. And we're praying about God, what would you have us to do above our tithe to see more changed lives? Let me share this with you. Such exciting news. Over this, just in 2014 alone, we've already baptized 800 to 850 people this year in water. Come on to God, be the glory. It's, it's exciting. Come on, that's revival. That's revival happening. And so I say that to say there's a lot of new people at this church, at all of our campuses. And one of the most difficult areas to surrender to people, to, to, to God, is to treasure our finances. And that's why Malachi tells us in chapter 3, God, the only place in the Bible where God says, test me, is with the tithe. He says, test me. I want you to know that I'm faithful. Test me. And so in the back of a seat pocket, if you're new and you're trying to learn to trust God in faith, you can do the 90-day tithe challenge. Just test God. Just go all in and just see, won't he be faithful to provide for you, to bless you. And more than anything, he wants your heart.